Episode 40 with Georgie and Moline on the Nine Point Start the Dream Podcast. Welcome to Nine Point Started with a Dream Podcast. Our goal is to showcase the stories of athletes and the community that supports them by being authentic about their journey. Here's your host, Jacoby Gillum. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. This episode, um, I guess pretty real. We have Georgie and Moline, Olympian. We go through her journey and just how she started out just as a, as a, as a girl that just wanted to make some friends through sports to really become an Olympian and how that dream first came about. And through that myth, the process of becoming that pro athlete, just the the other side of it, the the side that we kind of avoid talking about sometimes as athletes, the anxiety. So you're gonna learn about her journey, how she kind of overcame that that cloud, and what she's doing next. So hope you enjoy, and let's get to it. So Georgian, the question that everyone comes on is: when you're younger as an athlete, what was one of your bigger dreams, the goals you want to achieve? You know. When I was younger, I wasn't really like in athletics or I really, really didn't get into track or athletics until I was in high school. So for me, growing up, my mom was just like, you have to do something because I was a very shy kid. And it was more so I was always on the search of like finding friends. I know that sounds weird, but the social aspect of everything. Um, I was just really shy and like I didn't really have a lot of friends. So like my thing was like, oh, I want to join teams so I can get like a friend <laughs> or something like that, you know? So yeah, I mean, I never really dreamt about the Olympics or anything like that. I, that was never, that kind of seemed impossible. Like, it just never seemed like something that I would ever dream about because it's like, well, why would I, <laughs> you know? But, yeah. So, so how do you kind of, like, you kind of make some friends through some sports and like that, you kind of started realizing that you actually had some talent. When did you start that kind of thinking bigger picture? Totally, high school. Um, And that's when I was like, oh, I'm actually kind of good at this whole running thing. And, um like it's you know I kind of like it and um and then I started realizing I didn't know you could get scholarships for track so for me when they told me well yeah we like to bring you to our school blah blah I'm like wait you'll like pay for my trip like yeah it's a recruiting trip I'm like oh I don't I never knew what that meant you know so for me um yeah it was more so because I wanted to take the burden off of my mom because she wanted me to go to college and was going to get like three jobs if she had to um, to send me to college. Um, so it was more so because I was like, Ooh, you know, I'll get it paid for. That's why I'll run track in college. <laughs> yeah. So, so if it wasn't for like that external, like, you know, one to kind of help your mom out, would you have done it? I, I, I think I would have, to be honest, because I always wanted to go to college and the fact that I really love track, I was like, well, that just seems kind of like a dream. Like I get to run track and be in college. Like that sounds pretty cool. Like what, what's the harm in that? You know? So I, I think I still would have done it, but I was definitely driven for that reason. So were you always a hurdler? I was because my head coach, huh? Prop to you. <laughs> Not because I wanted to, right? Like my high school coach, he recruited everyone for the hurdles because no one wanted to do them and he knew that and so he he saw me and obviously I'm tall I'm 510 and in high school what was I like 5859 and he was like yeah you should you should try the hurdles I'm like okay and then my friends were doing them I was like okay after the first week I told him I'm quitting I was like I'm not doing this hurdle stuff like I was falling I couldn't go because it's not natural to hurdle you know so I was like I suck I'm not doing this she's like no you gave your word you're gonna finish it out and I'm like she's so annoying <laughs> but I'm glad I, she did. <laughs> I fell once and I was like and I wasn't I wasn't getting any taller I was like the 110 I was yeah I'm not the path on this coach <laughs> yeah because the men's hurdles go up the women's don't so that's where we get lucky we're like okay if I can go over it now I'll be fine so 
That would be mm-hmm. awesome. That's cool. So when it came to kind of choosing a school, uh, what did you grow up? Um, what did you grow up in Arizona? Did you grow up somewhere else? Yes, yeah, so I actually grew up in Phoenix. Okay. Uh, so for me, I always wanted to go to ASU. Um, and that was like my dream school because, yeah, I mean, you see it around a lot. And I wanted to kind of stay close to home. But to be honest, once I started getting offers, um, like some smaller schools, but like Portland State, San Diego State, I actually thought about leaving because I was like, well, that sounds kind of fun, like to go to San Diego or Portland. Those are cool places. Um, but when Coach Harvey came on a home visit, I mean, it just changed everything. I honestly was like, I the one place I will never go is Tucson. Okay, like, no. <laughs> um, there's no way. And so, yeah, it was <laughs> – I was actually – blown away when he came on my visit because I just I wanted a coach to believe in me like I never had a hurdle coach and I felt like a lot of schools were telling me what I could do for the team and telling me um yeah like what I could do for them but then coach Harvey when he came he told me you know he was just I was all about me and he was just like I believe in you and I was like oh my gosh that's all I want you know I just want someone that's going to take a chance on me and he, yeah, he was doing it for me. And then, yeah, it was just different. So that's when I was like, yep, I'm a wildcat. <laughs> Definitely. So kind of going on that, he, he kind of gave you that sense of, guess, confidence, right? That you can be more for any athlete that, like you say, they're kind of going through that journey, you kind of figure out a school. How, how would you say go about figuring out what school is best for you, just in your experience? Yeah, you, you got to just, first off, like you have to I feel like more so you have to feel a connection with that coach. That is everything because that is going to be someone you spend more time with than you spend with your parents and sometimes even your friends. And it's like, you got to create this partnership. So for me, I wanted a coach that understood me and that I felt we were on the same page, even in a two hour home visit. Like, um, so I think we, when looking for a school, we get caught up in like, for example, like UCLA, like, Oh my gosh, they're a powerhouse or LSU. Wow. They're a powerhouse for sprints. Which, by the way, LSU has an amazing coach, and I love him. <laughs> but anyways, that's beside the point. Um, like, you have to, like, regardless of what the school can produce, you, like, I've always said, there's great coaches, but is that coach great for you? You have to find a coach that's great for you. And so, um, more so than anything, ask questions. Like, when you're on your home visit, I was kind of nervous, and I didn't ask a lot of questions. Um, but that's something I would have changed. I would have I would have wished that I would have um, – ask more questions so I would have been better prepared my first year because it was a struggle. I mentally broke down. I was like, why is this so hard? Maybe I'm not fit for this. Um, so yeah, never be afraid to ask questions. Awesome. Love that. Love that. Cause it's a journey. It is totally. It's yeah. <laughs> it's a long journey. <laughs> so earlier you said, you know, if you are in a book, it'll be called hurdles. Yeah. Right. So if you're going to like that college journey, what was what was the hurdle that you were trying to like overcome when you kind of the, the kind of realize on be more than just the college track athlete? You know, for me, I think the biggest hurdle I've ever had to overcome and still overcoming is the mental aspect of it, and um, just realizing that track is something. I know it sounds so cliche, but track is something that I do, and it's something I love, and it's something that's shaped me into who I am but it's not who I am. And that it was very hard for me to understand that because it's all I had done starting in like high school, you know what I mean? And even junior high, I did like cross country, but it became like all I knew. I mean, my classes revolved around like, well, actually coach would make practice around classes, but 
you know, I couldn't have classes certain time of the day because of track and I, like everything revolved around track. So when I would go on to a meet and I would fall or I'd just do terrible, I was so upset at myself and I was like, why did coach even bring you? You're not who he thought you were. Like your family probably isn't even proud of you right now. And you start to just formulate these weird thoughts in your brain and you start to actually believe them because I know I did. And then I started to question everything and like, well, if I'm not, you know, if I'm, if there's no track, then who am I? Like, why do people even like me? People only like me because I'm fast. Like you just start to think weird stuff. So for me, that is the hugest obstacle I've ever had to overcome. Obviously I had a lot of injuries, but those I think were so, so minuscule compared to the mental aspect of it because you know when you get injured and you're at a d1 school i mean they have so many people helping you get through that injury my coach we did pull workouts i didn't have to think twice i mean they had it all done for me but when it came to the mental aspect everyone could have everyone my mom my coach my friends told me how worthy i was and no matter what happens they still love me but no matter how many times they told me that i still didn't believe it you know so that was something no one could help me with i had to figure it out myself and then that's when I started seeing a sports psychologist and things started to really change for the better for me. <laughs> that's like just hearing that, it, it, it helps me because I was in that same thing. You know, I was, I couldn't do a block dart and I was like, and I was like, oh, this is like, it's over for me. I'm, I'm getting cut. I oh, think so for you, that's in the sport that hurdles me. It's like, you got to run and jump the coordination, Yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. So, Hey, you're, say you were talking to your younger self right now. What advice yeah. would, would you give her right now just to like to say it will be okay or whatever it may be? I would tell her that you're loved. Like I would, like that is something that I hold so strongly to because that's always what grounds me is to remind myself that regardless of whatever happens, regardless if I quit track today, I'm so loved by people that I love wholeheartedly. And no matter what, my mom is proud of me, no matter what I do. And she loves me. My family, you know, I, hand, I have a very small, I call them my village. I have a small village, but they are the greatest people in the world. And they always, the one thing they always remind me of before going into a meet or even after a meet, hey, I love you so much through it all. Like, and I'm like, oh, I love you guys too. And that's kind of what always brings me back to like, hey, this is supposed to be fun. So like, if I was talking to my younger self, I would tell her, you know, Jordan, you're so loved. And like have fun at the end of the day. Yeah. It's nerve wracking sometimes, but nerves are such a good thing. You know, that's, that's the fun in it. It's kind of like riding a roller coaster, right? Before you go on a roller coaster, you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. But then you, the line starts to get shorter and you get closer to your turn and you're like, okay, I don't know if I'm going to do it. I'm scared. I'm nervous. Well, same with this. It's, but once you're on the roller coaster, when you're done, you're like, Oh, I just want to do that over again. You know, it's kind of cool. So Yeah. <laughs> So through that whole journey, you know, realize, you know, that you're loved, that, that you can do this, that, you know, you have people around you that actually care and want you to succeed. When did those Olympic dreams start formulating? They honestly didn't formulate until the year of the Olympics. It just didn't to me because I just felt like I was so far behind from everyone else because I had never done club track. I only did track when it came around in the season. I was like, okay, I'll just go out there and run and see what happens. So for me, I just felt so far behind from everyone else because these people have been doing it since they were like seven years old. And I just never thought, yeah. So the year of the Olympics though, um, I w got hurt in indoor, of course, again. But after that, Coach Harry's like, hey, you're in a great spot. You getting injured, it's okay because we're going to focus on some things, some strength, strengthening things that you can work on in the pool and even in the weight room. 
even though you can't run right now. And I was like, okay. He's like, but you have to trust one thing. You got to trust me. Okay. You got to be in this Georgie. You got to be a professional at the things you have control over. And that is eating healthy. That is getting really good sleep. And that is doing all your recovery aspect stuff. And I said, okay. And I became like a pro I'm telling you 10 o'clock hit 9 30, 10 o'clock around that range. I was in bed phone off to the side. Like I made sure I got nine hours of sleep. Um, I did all my recovery. I mean, I did not skip a beat when I came to that. And then once indoor hit, I mean, outdoor, sorry. Um, I, I ran like a PR, like my first or second race. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. And I kept PRing and breaking my own school, uh, school record. And then before you knew it, like I was undefeated. I was like, what? And Quatrari's like, Hey, just let you know, not trying to scare you, but I know like 2012 Olympics, like this is, this is your year. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So it kind of all hit me when I got to nationals. I was the favorite to win. I was like, this is crazy. I've never been the favorite to win. Like, this is crazy. And I fall on my face. Um, and I didn't go on to the final because I fell. I got up and I ran, but I finished last. And so I cried and Coach Harry's like, hey, you know what's, what will help you forget about this? And I'm like, what, like nothing? He's like, no, you make that Olympic team. You still have the trials in a couple weeks. And I'm like, I'm thinking he's crazy. I'm like, really? And then I get to the trials and I just, yeah, I gave it everything I had. He's like, you just run. You do what you've been doing. You just go out there and you run. And that's what I did. And I took silver and I made it to London. And I mean, even at, even at London, even after London, when I came back to school, it still didn't hit me. I was like, wait, what just happened? You know, it was like a whirlwind of emotions. <laughs> so just to kind of reflect on that moment, how did it, how, like, just think about it now, how did it feel like going from the girl who just wanted to make friends through sports to to say the girl who made it overseas to the Olympics and achieved <laughs> that goal? How does it feel now? Or just the dream, how does it feel? It's crazy. And to me, like, I look back and I'm like, I wouldn't change a thing about the injuries I've went through or the things I've gone through in my life. I would not change a thing because like, who knows where I would be, but I'm just so thankful for my village of people because in high school, I wanted to quit track and my mom didn't let me. So thankful that she didn't. I'm so thankful Coach Harvey came on a home visit even after I had told him I'm not really interested in Tucson at all. He's like, well, let me just come on a home visit. I'm so grateful. I was you know, I'm so grateful for that he was so determined to come. I'm just so grateful for these people in my life because they're the reasons why that happened the way it did um, and why I became someone who, honestly, my first couple of years didn't take track very seriously. I just kind of was like, oh, I was more into like partying. Like I was like, I'm going to go party on the weekends. And Coach Harvey's like, hey, I can't care more than you care. And I'm not going to care more than you care. I'm going to be here every day. I'm going to give you my full efforts. But if you're not in 100%, I can't be in a hundred percent either. And then that kind of changed things around for me, but it's just crazy to think back. Like I was a girl who just like, like, Oh, let's just try to make some friends. That's all I want out of it to now. Like it being a dream job, you know? <laughs> Coach Harvey feels like he was almost like that anchor for you in a sense besides your mom. Right. Totally. So, so, so now as you're kind of in this pro realm, how much do you kind of just lean on him or how much that do you really just help you keep pursuing this thing? Oh yeah. Like I lean on coach Harvey. I mean, he's, he's like pretty much the first male that ever be consistent in my life. So he did take on that role of like a fatherly figure and um, so much more a mentor. He, yeah, I came to him for everything and I still do. I'm still very um, for that reassurance just to remind me like, Hey coach, like, 
I'm okay, right? Like I'm I'm fit and I'm in shape and I'm who you think I am, right? He's like, oh yeah. He just, you know, he'll remind me like, Georgie, you are that girl. Like, you know, I see you every day and I, I haven't wavered from that. And he hasn't. Even when, even like my first couple of years when I would like party and took that more seriously than track, he saw something in me and he never wavered from it. He's like, you're something special. You don't see it now. You're not really that. And then even my freshman year, he was like, you're not really strong right now. You're not too fit. You're, you're fast, but you could be a lot faster. He's like, you just wait a couple years from now. They all start to come together. And I was like, I don't Because I was like the weakest on the team. I had the highest body fat percentage. I was just a mess, like literally. like. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I lean on him for a lot. Well, I can just tell from just talking to you right now, just like your energy is like a good spirit. You know, it's like, you oh, know, you're, you're like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're, you're like the one on the team that was just like always high energy. <laughs> it's weird to think I, I think that happened later in high school but because like I told you I was really shy like hey. and then I started realizing like I think it was my way to kind of get out is like hey guys like super weird and I'm loud and I'm like okay but it was like my way of like I don't know like I don't know I don't know how it even happened or when it did because I, I was never always like this <laughs> like I was never really always I mean I was always like a happy person I always try to find the good in everything I'm a very positive person but um, wasn't always the case, you know, I think it's because all the things I've been through, I realized how fortunate and blessed I am to be where I am now. And I just, I thank God every day. I'm like, I can't believe this. I still can't believe you have me running track and hurdles after everything I've been through. And there was a point I wanted to quit. I literally wanted to quit. I hated it. And I had a good contract and I was like, I'll give it all up because I just want to be normal. I don't want these pressures. I don't, I don't want this. I just want, I want to be out of this, you know, so I'm just really thankful. So when you said like Gary, that you wanted to quit, that you were willing to, to give it all away, you know, give the money away and just pursue this regular non-athlete life. Totally. And what, what, what helped you come back or just break out of that? My, my village of people, I mean, they just reminded me and reminded me like, hey, I, I, I want to believe you when you say that you don't love this short jam, but I can't. And I had everyone in my life tell me that. They're like, I get like even my mom, my coach, like I get nothing out of this. If you decide you want to stop right now, you've had a great career track. You've made the Olympics. I'm an all-American. I mean, you've done some incredible things. He's like, you know, my mom and him were like, but I don't believe that that this is not what you want anymore. You know, like I don't believe that this is I don't believe that this is what you want, like what you what you want. And so they kind of pulled me out of it. And it was so hard. I think it was hard for me going through what I went through, but I think it was harder for the people in my life who loved me because my mom would cry and she's like, I want, cause she felt helpless. Like she couldn't help me. Cause I'm telling you when I, I would come home and I would go in my bathroom and I would just cry, 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 cry. And I just hated waking up. I hated going to practice. I missed a lot of practice because I told the coach I wasn't going to come because I just, I didn't want to. And, um, yeah. And that's when my psychologist kind of came in my life too. And was, you know, kind of put things into perspective for me and my fears and the things that were just scaring me away. Um, and I started to face those fears and started to kind of give myself self-love and talk to myself. Like, and so, yeah, like if it wasn't for the people in my life, there's no way I'd be where I am now. No way. Yeah. Love that. It's that village. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's just like, and they always tell me like, well, you're the one out there running. I'm like, yeah, but you don't get It's like, if it wasn't for you guys, I would not be out here running. I like mentally, I was so messed up that I just, I didn't care. Like, I was just like, I don't care anymore. Like, so you say, so you say like it was, you, you kind of in like that mental state, right? Was it almost like 
a cloud over me. You couldn't see the light. Couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah. It was just like hovering over me. And if, I don't know if I've ever experienced depression, but that had to be the closest thing to it for sure. Because like, I, like I wanted to sleep all the time because I was like, when I was awake, all I would think about was track and hurdles and I wanted to just cry and I hated it. So I just wanted to sleep and sleep and sleep and do nothing, just do nothing all day. And yeah, it was, it was like probably the lowest point in my life and it lasted for like years. I mean, oh wow, yeah. And yeah, I was still out there performing and that's the crazy part is like, I was out there performing. Um, and at one point it's when I was injured. So like, it was just sucky, but like I was out there performing. I was still doing great. I was still like top 10 in the world, which is awesome. But like, I hated every minute of it. I hated traveling to the, over the, like, I just did it cause it was in my contract where I was like, I'd have to do this, you know? And I was just like, Ugh, like, don't want to, but I have to. And then that's when I was like, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> I've, I've been there. And I think the thing with, with sports is like as athletes, we get, we get, we kind of get put on this pedestal, right? We can't really come down from, we can't really talk about the anxiety, the depression, because we could call everything but an athlete. Yes. And, and, it, and it's really unfair that we have to feel like we have to like struggle alone on things like this when you really could just be able to just say, hey, so. Yeah. No, it's really funny that you say that because so often people, I think, don't really understand, unless you're in it, you don't understand. The, the true life of an athlete. And I don't even know what it would be like to be a pro. But everyone is in my ear telling me, like, well, you, like, you should be so happy that you get to go represent, like, the United States. You should, like, this is, like, you're ungrateful if you're not happy that, and so, that you're so blessed in what you get to do. But I'm like, just like any job, which people don't like to see it as a job you know I often so many people ask me well what's your real job I'm like this is my real job you know and they're like wow that must be easy and fun and like wow you know and I'm like I get it like we all have our own types of stresses but like certain stresses my mom is a fifth grade teacher and oh my goodness I could never do her job I'm so serious there's no way there's no way I could do her job she has 35 kids in her classroom it is absolutely crazy um but she would never want to do what I do you know she tells me all the time but yeah every job has their own stresses but when people try to downplay like what I do it's so hurtful because I'm like gosh if you only knew if you, you only know. knew you don't even know, you know? Like, yeah it's it's tough and the practices the eating right the sleeping the the sacrifice you have to make the traveling it's, and it's, yeah and you don't get to, like, yeah, you get to go around the world, but half these places, I don't even get to explore. I'm there for three days and it's a business trip. It's not like, oh, I get to go to Paris and I just get to go, you know, do whatever I want to eat croissants all day. Like, no, I like, I don't get to do that. I have to like stay on my routine and get adjusted from the time change and compete two days later. It's like, it is so stressful and it's so tiring. <laughs> um, but don't get me wrong. I'm so thankful. And if it wasn't for track, I would not get to see these beautiful places because sometimes I do get to walk around and get to see some of these places. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, every job has its stresses for sure. Definitely. So, so as you're kind of, you're kind of, you feel like you're kind of in a better state now. Oh, totally. Everything. Yeah. And yeah, I still have mental struggles where I have anxiety before races and these things, but I do still work with my psychologist to help me to direct that anxiety, to direct it into good energy to, you know, get me going for my race and get me pumped and excited. 
Um, but to say that it just never happens and I don't ever, you know, feel that way. No, you know, it's like a normal job. You're going to have days where you wake up and you're like, you know, I, yeah, today's a good day. And it's, you have great days and then you have days that you're like, today sucked so bad <laughs> and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I think what's important here, like what you're saying is like, you have, you have a psychologist, like I just got one for myself and like, and I think it's so, I think every athlete should have one. Or just, totally. or just I agree because we get thrown our heads like you're saying you know just about performance just the achievements and it's like you can just talk it out and just, totally. and just say like it's okay it's okay not to be okay sometimes yeah and to just realize maybe why you do certain things that you do like I started to understand why I did it and I was like oh that's pretty funny actually and I like so now when it happens I kind of laugh at myself like, I'm like, oh, I know why I'm doing this. Like, oh, that's funny, Georgie. You're just really nervous. Or you're just, you know, you really care so that you're just getting like this because you really care. And that's a great thing. So now I redirect those thoughts. And I'm like, oh, that's a good thing. Hey, you know, that's why I'm doing it. It's because I care. Love but, it. Love it. Yeah. So so what's next for you, Ad? You kind of, you we had towards outdoor season, you know, the yep. standard just dropped out for, for the Olympics, you know? Yeah. So what's, so what's next? So right now it's just, um, I'm doing that transition from indoor to outdoor. So now I'm just getting back into training and good days. And just honestly, like every day I just focus on recovery and things because I know if I stay healthy, I'm going to be good. <laughs> like that's like the key thing for athletes, right? Is like, we just want to stay healthy. So we have to take care of our bodies. And, um, so yeah, but for me, like I'm obviously really excited. It's a world year. So I'm worried about, you know, I'm more worried about worlds right now than the Olympics because that's what's going to come first. So, um, and I have a lot of really awesome meets already lined up. Um, I'm already going to uh, Doha for the um, uh, Diamond League. Sorry. Doha for the Diamond League. I'm going to go to Osaka. So Japan, I've never been. So I have some really cool meets lined up. Um, probably Drake Relays and stuff like that. So I'm really pumped for my first couple races. Awesome. So, so just to kind of head towards where I'm a little bit. So, so if you can just give one piece of advice to like any athlete, whether they're, you know, pro athlete that's going through something, whether college or the high school, what, what would be like a common thing you would just say to them right now? Like you're not alone. No matter what level you're at, we are all going through really almost the same thing. You know, we, we look at these elite athletes and it's like, oh, they never get nervous. So they've always been great. And do they even ever go through struggles? Heck yes. I go through struggles all the time, you know? And so I think knowing that you're not alone is a really helpful thing because so often we're just like, I'm the only one going through this. And then you don't want to talk about it because you get embarrassed. And I'm not embarrassed to talk about that I have a psychologist. And I'm not embarrassed to talk about that I had like depression and not embarrassed of those things because that's what made me into the athlete and person I am right now. So I would just say to, you know, reach out to people, reach out to people who really love you and look at them for support. But also like, remember that this window is so small and just take advantage of it because yeah, there's probably some things I wish I could go back and like change. Um, but in the moment I was like terrified and I pulled out of meets cause I was really, really scared. And I wish I could go back and have just raced those meets. Um, but I can't change that. So I, I never walk away, never walk off the track or the field or wherever with a regret. Like, give it everything you got because emotions are so temporary. And sometimes we let them make these permanent decisions for us, you know. And no, they're temporary and they're natural and they're normal. And it is 
okay. So just reach out to the people who love you and just know that you're not alone. Yeah. That's so great. Like, I'm so glad we made it happen because I'm so big into mental health right now. That's kind, oh, of, yeah. reason, kind of even one reason why I started this whole thing because I don't think they'll feel alone in the journey because as an athlete. And yeah. I, like, you're really hitting on just some key factors to someone who has achieved the level of success people dreamed of. And yeah. that's, that's saying, you know, hey, I've gone through it and I've, I've overcome oh. it and now look at, my, look at my life, you know, type deal. So much, much better mm-hmm. pop to you. Oh, thanks. I think it's awesome what you're doing because uh, if I could, like, at, at a certain t- level, we're all talented, we're all, we all work hard, we all do these things, and the thing that can really take people out of, you know, the game and take people out of being professional it has nothing to do with physical, it has everything to do with the mental aspect of it. I know so many people that are national champions and Olympians and then retired two years later, a year later, because they've told me like mentally I couldn't handle it anymore. I didn't want to handle it. I just wanted to be normal and I just didn't want to deal with this anymore. And it, it got to them, you know? And so helping people any way that I can. And I, that's why I love what you're doing because you're helping people mentally and realizing some things. I think this is awesome. <laughs> I appreciate you. Um, you have a website we can plug right now, social media. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love Instagram. And so I post a lot of like, I'm really transparent on Instagram. I try to post a lot of raw and real emotions on there. So yeah, Georgian400h is obviously Jordan Four Hurdles. Um, it, yeah, is my Instagram, but that's also my Twitter. Um, Facebook, I'm not on as much, but I would just say Instagram is where I post a lot of stuff. And I, I'm really, I try to be really good about answering my DMs. So if people have questions about things or are going through things, I'm always really open and um, I try to respond to people on there as well. So awesome, Georgian, you're, you're the MVP. <laughs> appreciate you. <coming> <laughs> Oh, thanks. <laughs> hey, well, enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy oh. your season and uh, we'll meet up soon. All right. Thank you so much for your time. This is awesome. I really appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> Yo, thanks for listening to this episode of the Nine Point Started With A Dream podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment, share, leave a review. We would love to hear your thoughts. You can find more athlete-driven content at nonpoint.com. Till the next episode, you're only one opportunity away. Peace.